This is the Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 87, Feeding Your Brain. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. How is everyone doing today? I wanted to share with you today some things that you can do on an everyday basis that feeds your brain. But first, I want to take you on a teeny bit of a detour and talk to you about the power of mindset. And bear with me because it is definitely related to feeding your brain. So Aaliyah Crum, she is a mindset researcher and assistant professor at Stanford University. And she actually has a TED Talk called Change the Mindset, Change the Game. And in that TED Talk, she gives some powerful examples of studies that she's completed, as well as studies that other colleagues have completed on the impact about changing your mindset and the impact that changing your mindset has on outcomes. As a review, you may want to go back and re-listen to a couple of my previous podcasts on mindset. I have one that I think it was episode 20 about growth mindset and another one on episode 25 about stress and mindset. So go back and re-listen to those. But just in brief, a mindset It's a lens or a frame of mind through which we view the world. So we all will see through a lens, all of us, and it shapes our interpretation of everything. She talks about how mindset can almost be seen as a placebo. And when we think about placebo, we usually think about a response to like a fake pill or some type of fake procedure that that people are given. That's what the placebo is. And she explains that the placebo effect, though, is not about the sugar pill or the fake procedure. What the placebo effect really is a powerful, robust, and consistent demonstration of the ability of our mindsets. So in this case, it's the expectation to heal or to recruit healing properties in the body. So that placebo is the expectation that I'm going to be getting better. That's the effect that it has. So she decided to do some studies where she wanted to prove the placebo of mindset. And I think it's very cool and very relevant for us all. So I'm going to share with you a couple of the studies that she did. The first study, she says she took a group of women, a unique group of women. They were a group of 84 hotel housekeepers, and they worked in seven different hotels across the U.S., And for these women, they were on their feet all day using lots of varieties of muscles and burning a lot of calories just doing their job. But what was interesting is that the women didn't view their work in this regard. It didn't view it as like a physical demanding work. So they asked them, do you exercise regularly? And two thirds of them said no. And then they asked them, okay, so on a scale of zero to 10, how much exercise do you get? And a third of them actually said zero. I get no exercise at all. So then they wondered what would happen if they could change their mindset. So they took these women and they divided them into two groups. 
And they measured them on a variety of things, like their weight, their blood pressure, their body fat, and their job satisfaction. And then they took half of them and they just gave them a simple 15-minute presentation and gave them a poster and said to them, your work is really good exercise. It actually satisfies the Surgeon General's requirements, which are quite simply to accumulate about 30 minutes of moderate physical activity. So you should expect to receive the benefits of exercise. So they did that just 15 minute little lecture. Now they came back four weeks later and they measured them again, all the same things. And not surprisingly, the group that didn't receive the information didn't change. But what was interesting is those that did receive the information changed. They dropped weight. They had a significant reduction in their blood pressure. They dropped body fat. And they even reported liking their job more. As a result of a simple 15-minute presentation, the whole game changed for them. And then there was like a cascade of effects for their health and their well-being. Now, they assume that they didn't change any additional behavior. They told the workers not to go out and join a gym or do additional exercise. So they assume that everything was status quo. The only difference was their mindset, their learning about what exercise was. Now, they did another cool study, and they did this one with colleagues at Yale, Kelly Bronwell, Will Corbin, and Peter Salovey. And what they did is they made milkshakes. They made a bunch of milkshakes, and they invited people to come to the lab and drink the milkshakes. And while they were drinking the milkshakes, they had them hooked up to an IV, and they would get their blood samples, and they would measure ghrelin, which ghrelin is a peptide secreted in the gut, and the medical experts, they'll call this the hunger hormone. So these people came in, hooked up to an IV, gave them a milkshake, and they told them it was 0% fat, 140 calories, zero added sugar. So it was like a guilt-free satisfaction. They drank the shake and in response, their ghrelin levels dropped, but only very slightly, which sent a signal to the brain that some food had been consumed, but not a whole lot. So then a week later, they invited them back to the lab. They hooked them up to an IV again, and they gave them a shake. This time, 620 calories, 30 grams of fat, 56 grams of sugar. So this is decadent. And they told them this is the decadence you deserve. And in response to this shake, actually their ghrelin levels dropped again, but this time at a significantly steeper rate, about three times more than the shake that they had before. Now, this would make good sense if anybody who understands nutrition, that the drop in ghrelin is proportional to the amount of calories consumed. But here's the catch. In the study, even though the participants thought they had consumed a, like a really sensible, healthy shake and an indulgent shake, in reality, they were given the exact same shake both times. So we see in this study, just like the same amount of exercise produced more or less of a benefit depending on how it was construed, here again, the mindset actually mattered. In this case, it was suggesting it might not be just the calories in and calories out or the precise makeup of the fats or the nutrients, that, but it's what we believe, what we expect, what we think about the foods that we're eating 
that determines our body's response. Isn't that just so fascinating? And these are just two studies that she's done. And she says that they've done multiple studies. And we've talked about this before in the podcast. Your mindset, for example, will impact your stress levels. Your mindset impacts your learning. Your mindset will impact your ability to recover from medical procedures. I see this all the time with my clients who have had brain injuries. Their mindset does make a difference at how they are recovering. There's even research by another Yale researcher, Becca Levy, and shows that we can change our mindset, or if we can change our mindset about aging, from viewing aging as being like inevitable process of deterioration to something more positive, like the process of gaining wisdom or gaining growth, not only does it shape the course of how we grow and make aging more enjoyable, it actually extends longevity. So our mindset matters. Even thinking about how we age will impact how long we live. Isn't that crazy? I just love it. I just thought this is amazing and I wanted to share it with you. So the psychological and the physiological effect of anything in our lives can and is influenced by our mindset. So why am I sharing this with you today? Obviously, because I think it's super interesting and I want everybody to hear about it, just as standalone information. I want you to really consider your mindset towards everything. And today I'm going to be telling you about some things that you can do to improve your brain health. I'm going to offer to you that your mindset about these things matters. So I want to invite you to listen and try out some of these tips and do it with the mindset that this is helping my brain. This is strengthening my brain. This is so good for me. Now, it may seem a little goofy, but we know that mindset matters. So for so many things, we want to make sure we're starting out with the best mindset possible. I know when I go for a walk, I make sure that I'm using this mindset when I go for a walk. This is so good for me, not just with for my heart, but it's so good for my stress levels. I'm relieving some of the anxiety that I'm feeling. If I walk with my husband, I include the mindset of this is so good for my marriage. We're connecting together. We're learning about each other. So I want to invite you to share your mindset. And I want to invite you to use the mindset of this is good for me as I share with you some of these things I want you to try out for your brain health. Now I'm going to divide these things into kind of external or environmental things that you can do to take more care, better care of your brain. And then I'm going to share with you more of the internal things. So the first external thing is exercise. We need to try to get regular exercise because there are just so many benefits. We know that it's good for your body. It's good for your heart. It's good for healing. Even people after they have an injury, something like a concussion, we know that exercise is important. We also know that it is a top performer in helping you get through the stress cycle. It helps burn off some of the steam. It helps reset you on a daily basis. And exercise is also so important for your learning and memory. And it helps contribute to a protective bubble around your brain for your brain health. So get out there and exercise. Now, the next external thing that's great for your brain is taking care of your diet. Now, obviously I'm not a nutritionist, but there are some brain foods that they say are good for your brain. 
Now, they also say the best diet for memory and dementia prevention is the Mediterranean diet. But in general, protein, unsaturated fats, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, those are the things that we want to be making sure we're getting plenty of. Then there are some specific foods that are often recommended as brain foods. These are leafy greens, wild-caught salmon, and fish actually in general, avocado, ginger, pomegranate, celery, blueberries, lemons, walnuts, and of course, water. These are some of the foods that they say are better for your brain health. So try to include them during the week, throw them into some salads, try to get creative with them, get a good variety. All right. The next thing I want to talk about is taking smart risks. Now this is one that I'm just going to sneak in there. We can't avoid every injury that could potentially happen to us. We can't anticipate everything. We can't make sure that we're not going to run into problems, but we can make sure that we're taking risks that are smart and doing what we can to protect our brains. So that means like wearing seatbelt in a car and wearing helmets when biking, skiing, skateboarding. Now, while it's true that helmets won't always protect a concussion, what they do protect is a skull fracture and other more serious injuries. I honestly, I'm very aware of whether people wear helmets or not, given that that's what I do. I work with traumatic brain injury as a speech path. I've been amazed at the number of people that don't wear helmets. And I think especially with COVID, at least around here, there's more and more kids, especially teenagers, they're riding bikes. And I'm shocked at how many of them aren't wearing helmets. Now, my kids know it's a non-negotiable with me. I mean, I can't control when they're out of my sight, what happens, but I hope that I have educated them enough to get them to wear a helmet and take that smart risk. We're not going to say you can't do these activities, but we are going to say, if you're going to do them, why not do them smartly? Why not choose to do things that will limit your risk? Because trust me, a head injury, even a minor head injury, a minor concussion gets prolonged, can dramatically change your life. It's just not worth it. So wear your helmet, wear your seatbelt, do things that are enjoyable, but be smart about it. Now, the next one is sleep. Now, I just did last month a whole masterclass on this one. If you missed it, then just get in touch with me. I'll send you the replay because sleep is huge. Seven to nine hours is what the minimum recommendation is. Because important stuff happens when you sleep. You get recharged. It helps consolidate your memories. It helps you manage and sort your emotions. And it's thought to be the only time that cleaning crew of your brain can get in there, get serious, and clean out some of the tangles and webs that they think are actually linked to Alzheimer's. So don't mess around with your sleep. Seven to nine hours. And just so you know, you can't catch up. You can't do three hours and then 12 hours on the weekend and catch up. It does not work like that. You need to be trying to get as consistent amount of sleep as possible. If sleep's a struggle for you, reach out. I'll send you my masterclass. I'll probably do an upcoming episode about sleep as well because it is so important. It is like the foundation of everything that we do for our mental and our physical health. The next thing is avoid substances. I mean, plain and simple. Alcohol, drugs, smoking, they're bad for your brain. Just limit them. And there is lots of evidence to show that they are not good for your brain health. So as much as possible, stay away from them. The next one is limit your devices. 
We know that screen time can impact your sleep and it can also certainly impact your mood and really your self-esteem because we have a tendency to compare and despair. And often we're not comparing ourselves to something that's real. We're comparing ourselves to something that somebody else is putting out on social media. We see that increased time on social media leads to increased anxiety. And you can overstimulate your brain and overwhelm your brain, especially if you're multitasking, which by the way, that's another bad thing for your brain. Limit your multitasking. Multitasking is not something the brain was created for. The brain is a single task machine. Now, obviously there are many benefits to technology and social media, but you just want to be mindful of the kind of things that you're taking in and the amount of things that you're taking in. So you want to balance those things out. So those are some of the external ways that you can feed your brain, things that you can consider. And again, I want to encourage you when you are working on those things, make sure you've got the mindset to match it that, oh, I'm limiting my screen. This is so healthy for my brain. Oh, I'm eating these foods. This is amazing for my brain. We want to be shifting our mindset to remind ourselves that, yeah, this is good for us. Now let's talk about internal things that we can do to feed our brain. The first thing is what I'll just simply call stimulation. And this is get your brain active some way, shape, or form. Challenge your brain. Do puzzles or brain teasers or games, anything that keeps your brain active. So Sudoku and brain teasers and crosswords and any kind of problem solving. doesn't have to be much, but just get little stimulation in there. The next thing, which is a bit more comprehensive, is new learning. And I've talked about this many times before, that new learning is really important for that cognitive reserve. So take a class, learn a language, learn a new hobby, learn a musical instrument. Do something that gets you out of the comfort zone. Reading is actually a very powerful way to help you stay sharp, help you stay informed, and it also helps reduce your chances of cognitive decline. Reading's also a great way to improve your writing. Good writers, they're usually good readers. And reading increases your overall general world knowledge, which makes you a better conversation partner, and therefore you're going to be more social, and you're going to have more fun. Make sure that with your new learning, if you can combine it with laughter, if you can have a good time where you're doing it, even better, because laughter is such great medicine for your brain and for your soul. Now, the third internal way you can feed your brain is get connected. And when I'm talking about connected, I'm not talking about to devices. This kind of ties into the social. We know that connection is a great way to work through your stress response. And when we do that, we are always working towards getting into an optimal zone of performance into like that healing state. Connecting with other people, it helps with mood. We feel better. So we want to interact with others. We want to reach out to others. It's good for your brain. It's good for your heart and your soul. So you also want to be taking time to get connected with yourself. Self-care is so important and really encompasses many things like sleep and nutrition and rest and fun and managing your mind. So you want to connect with yourself and you want to connect with others. Those are two great ways of feeding the brain. And of course, the third way of connecting 
is connecting to something greater. So whether that be connecting to a higher power, connecting to the universe, it's really getting in tune with the idea that you are part of something larger. The fourth thing that you can do to feed your brain in the internal perspective is get in a growth zone. While doing the same old things can be comforting, we also, we need to switch things up, change a routine, change some habits. We want to get in a growth zone. We want to create those new pathways. So even doing something different, like trying a new route, switching up your exercise routine, listening to a new podcast, trying a new recipe, traveling to a different place. These are all things that require your brain to stretch and to build new pathways. And remember, when we're building new pathways, we are changing our brain. This is the power of neuroplasticity. Now, growth can also be in the form of creativity. We tend to consume a lot of information, but we want to make sure that we're also creating. Unleash your creativity. Get active with your creative side. And it could be anything. Write, sing, bake, paint, draw, knit, compose music, take photos. Whatever it is that allows you to unleash your creative genius. Now, the last one that I'm going to mention about internal is manage your stress. You need to learn about stress. What are your daily stressors and how does your body react? What is your mindset about stress? You really want to build up your stress resilience. You want to prevent burnout. And if you feel burnt out, then you want to heal. There is so much that you can do. And if you've heard me talking already, I do have a group program that's coming out this fall, which deals with all these things. And it's called Burnout to Balance. It's a 12-week group program. It's a coaching experience where you will come away feeling more knowledgeable and recharged and more confident and resilient. And you will learn a lot more about stress and how to manage it in your life to feel better now and help you continue to feel better in the future. You'll have better balance. And the plus of a group program is you'll end up meeting new people, which is that connection and that social piece, which is why I wanted to create this group experience. It's a beta test group too. So the investment to it is going to be a fraction of what I'm going to be charging down the road. And there's amazing bonuses. If you have a friend who signs up, then you're going to be able to get a bonus for that. Right now, the group is only for women. But if you're a man and you're interested in this type of group, then reach out and I might do a men's group down the road. So take care of your brain. A few things that you do on a daily basis can have a really big impact. And when you add on the mindset piece too, saying to yourself, I'm improving my brain as I do this, whatever it is you're doing, add on that mindset piece. Now, just by listening to this podcast episode today, you are improving your brain. And then if you share it and talk about it with somebody, another great brain boost. That's what I have for you today. If you want to feed your brain, your best to feed it with the mindset that, oh, I'm feeding my brain amazing things. Now, some of the things that you can do externally or in the environment is make sure you're getting exercise, make sure that you're eating a healthy diet, make sure you take smart risks, get enough sleep, seven to nine hours, avoid substances, and just limit your screen time, limit your devices. On the internal side of things, 
Make sure you're constantly stimulating your brain. Make sure you're engaged in new learning. You should always have something new on the go. Get connected with people. Be social. Get connected with yourself. Get connected with your higher power and your higher purpose. Get yourself in a growth zone. You want to be growing. That ties into the new learning. And learn how to manage your stress. If you need help with any of those, then I would love to help you. So reach out. We can set up a time for a free consult where we can talk about your individual challenges. And if you think the group might be a good match, then reach out about that and I will share with you all the details. Have a wonderful week. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.